Let's pray together and then we can be seated. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us together this morning again to worship you. Uh, Lord, to bring, bring us back to just looking to you as the victor. And we just thank you for that reminder this morning. Thank you even for the fun we were able to have as we sing some songs from many of our childhood memories. And yet they're so packed with truth. And so we thank you for the truth that you provided for us that we were able to sing about, that we're going to be able to continue to talk about this morning. So we praise you and thank you for all that you're going to do this morning in and among us. We thank you for this week ahead of us as well. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And the royal troop can go be seated as well. <clears throat> so as you can see, things are different this morning. In many, 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 many different ways. Normally... There's no castle behind me. Normally, we don't have a bunch of musicians in front of the stage dressed up. But as you have probably guessed, if you have not known already, this is VBS week. This is the week. Yeah, somebody's, we got one excited person. That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, we're really excited about this week and all the kids that we're going to be able to see here and, and, and just as they come to hear the truth of God's word. Um, and so, here's what's going to happen today. I mean, uh, so, in full transparency, uh, as many of you know, uh, Pastor Justin was held up on his trip to Texas as he's taking care of his grandfather. He was supposed to preach today. Uh, we've been preparing for VBS all week. So, what you're going to get this morning is something different. It's not going to be a sermon. Uh, what we're decided to do is we just wanted to sing some extra songs, get us thinking about God's truth. And what I'm going to do for you right now, because I know some of you won't be here throughout the week uh, to volunteer, we'd love to have you here, but if you can't be, we understand that. But we also know that many of you are praying for what's going to happen at Vacation Bible School this week. And so what I'm going to do is, briefly this morning, in, in a way of uh, devotion, is just to simply look at what we're going to be teaching this week. So I'm going to give you an overview of what VBS is going to be teaching. You, you see what it's going to look like, but many times uh, I know a lot of people wonder, well, what actually is taught? What actually happens during VBS? And so today we're just going to take an opportunity to quickly go over all the things we're going to talk about this week with the kids. And also in that, hopefully we'll be able to glean some truth for ourselves uh, as we go from here as well. And so that's where we're going to be uh, this morning. And so I want to draw your attention, if you want to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, this is going to be the key passage that we're going to be focusing on with the kids this week at VBS. It's going to be Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be talking about it, as you may have guessed, with castle themes and knights and all these other things. We're going to be talking about the armor of God. We're going to be teaching the kids what it looks like to put on the armor of God to fight against the lies of this world. And so that's really the overarching theme of what we're going to look at. And as we do that, the kids are going to be memorizing uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, uh, verses 10 um, through uh, 18, I believe is where they'll be going. And so they're going to be memorizing these verses, and then each day we're going to be taking a little piece of Ephesians chapter 6, talking about a piece of the armor, relating that to how the kids can live in light of that and in light of the world that they live in. Uh, and then today what we're going to do is I'm just going to give you some devotional thoughts that are actually straight from the curriculum. So uh, I didn't, this is, 
A lot of this is not going to be anything unique or original to me. I'm going to be relying upon some of the stuff that they've given me, and I'm going to give that to you guys as a way of devotional ideas. And then at the very end, I just have a few things I want to say to bring everything together. Uh, but let's get started as we look at what's going to be uh, read and memorized by the kids this week as we look to Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And that's where the kids will end as we look at Ephesians chapter 6 in this section, the armor of God ending with the importance of prayer and God's word. Uh, And so uh, we're just going to go day by day. I'm going to give you some thoughts that we're going to be sharing with the kids and then give some devotional thoughts as well. Uh, So day one, which will be tonight, starting at 530, the kids are going to learn the truth that there are two kingdoms that we can be a part of. There's the good kingdom and the bad kingdom. That's how we're going to put that. The kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. Uh, The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of Jesus versus the kingdom of Satan. And we're going to really talk about that with the kids. And as we do, each day there's going to be a focus in on uh, a part of... Uh, we're going to use the word king as kind of our, our the thread that will bind everything together. And we're going to talk about God as the creator king. God is the creator king and also talk about the prince of darkness and how Satan wants to take the truth and separate people from the truth and bring people into his kingdom. And instead, we need to be part of the kingdom of God. And the lesson focus is going to be very simple, that we are in a battle between good and evil. We are in a battle between two kingdoms. And we need to know that. And I think that's important to teach the kids to understand that there is a real battle happening. And, and so as they understand that, then they'll know how they can stand up and fight. Each day there'll also be an understanding of, of the idea of truth. What is truth? And the first day, they're, tonight, they're going to talk about the fact that absolute truth. There is absolute truth. It is true for all people, for all times, and for all circumstances. In this world, we're told that truth is whatever you want to make it. But we're going to teach the kids tonight that no, there is absolute truth, and it is true for all people, all times, in all circumstances. Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 11, uh, 10 and 11, just talking about the fact that there is there is a battle. That's where we're going to be focused in on those verses with those kids for tonight. And so, uh, let me just... Uh, now read a section from the staff devotions is, is where we're coming from this on the idea of two kingdoms. Uh, two kingdoms. Uh, and uh, we go back to thinking about Jesus and we think about Pilate when he was questioning Jesus. When Pilate questioned Jesus about the charges that Jews were leveling at him, Jesus replied, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Can you hear the cynicism and sarcasm in Pilate's voice as he asked dismissively then, what is truth? And then ends up handing Jesus over to the Jews for crucifixion. 
Throughout the ages, people have echoed Pilate's question in sincerity as well as in skepticism. In fact, the battle over truth is as ancient as the original sin. Take a look at the lies Satan told himself as those who re- and those who also rebelled with him against their creator. And this is from Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you have cut down, how you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Satan knew the truth that there is none in heaven like the creator God, but he exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And in the process became the father of lies. His first temptation of Adam and Eve actually was a continuation on this same theme. He introduced error into God's word. Remember, he said, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And then blatantly followed that up with a lie about what God had said when he says, you will not surely die. Satan's goal and his weapons have always been lies. For the past 6,000 years, we've been floundering, trying to find our own way and denying truth that comes from God and his infallible word. But thankfully, God has called his children into his kingdom through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. In his infinite grace, God has given us the armor we need to stand strong in this battle for truth and boldly serve our creator. So some questions we should consider for ourselves. First of all, where are we in this battle? Are we asking the question, what is truth, along with Pilate? Or do we know the difference between truth and error based on God's word? And those are the things we will be asking the kids this week. And as just a reminder, even as another verse that can be thrown in here as we've been in the book of Proverbs, but Proverbs twelve nineteen says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And so again, we're going to be focusing hard on truth throughout the week. Day two, we're going to start talking about the belt. The belt of truth, right. So the belt of truth. We continue talking about truth with the kids. And we go from talking about God as the creator king to Jesus being the savior king. So tomorrow night, on Monday night, we're going to have an opportunity to share the gospel with all the kids who are here very clearly that Jesus is the king that we should follow and go through all that he did. The fact that he lived the perfect life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve to die, that he rose again to defeat sin and death once and for all, and that we can be a part of his kingdom because of his great love and his sacrifice for us. We will be telling the kids about this. We will be inviting them to consider for themselves whether this is the truth that they will follow. And so that's going to be the opportunity that we're going to have on Monday. And we're going to be looking at Genesis 1 through 3, the fall. We're going to look at the Gospels and then just look at the whole section of Ephesians 6 here as we really continue to look at the fact that there's a belt of truth and that Jesus himself, in just a moment we'll see, is the truth. So in the midst of this, uh, each child, need, we're going to learn that each child of the king needs to fasten on the belt of truth. And that every kid, everyone here needs to build a biblical worldview to stand strong in the truth. We're going to talk about worldview, what it means to look at the world through the lens of scripture. That the belt of truth is so important. And then one of the things, and I, I lost, I didn't say this in the first one, but the first day we have like a rhyme time thing to help them remember. Of two, only one is true is day one. And then on day two, it's going to be decide your side. So as we talk about the belt, let's think about some things. The world says there are no absolutes. Uh, and we've all heard that before. Of course, the irony with that statement is that it's an absolute statement. Those who say, those who say that actually mean, I choose not to accept the absolute truth claims you are making. 
So can we know the truth? This is the question we must all ask. Is there any basis on which we can make absolute moral statements? The only basis for determining truth from error and right from wrong comes from embracing the one who is truth. Jesus himself is full of grace and truth, we are told in John 1.14. And Jesus reiterates that God is the source of truth when he claims, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14.6. When we know Jesus, we know truth. When we believe in Jesus, we believe in truth. Because he is the creator, he is the one who sets the rules for his creation to follow. And he has given us those rules in his word. There is no room for wavering because he has confirmed that we can trust his word to be truth. He tells us that in John seventeen seventeen. Apart from the standard given in the Bible, there is no way to determine what truth is. Everything does become a matter of personal opinion. And who then would determine which opinion is correct? So as we teach the children the truth this week, that the, Savior, that the Savior King Jesus came to earth as a baby, died on the cross to pay for our sins, and rose from the dead, we are showing that God has accepted his payment. We must wonder and ask ourselves, are we harboring any doubts about God or his word? Can you say with the psalmist, I have chosen the way of faithfulness, I set your rules before me? Psalm 119.30. Have you yourself put on the belt of truth? It's a question we all need to ask and the, the question we will ask the kids. Day three, we move on to the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace. The breastplate and the shoes will be the pieces of the armor that we'll be focusing on. And the king that they're going to study that day is going to be King Josiah. They're going to look at King Josiah and they're going to see that he stood for righteousness and that he made sure that he that the way he lived was a way that brought honor to God. And so they're going to learn that they need to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace and learn that we need to put on what is right, which is Jesus' righteousness, and then do right. We need to know Jesus' righteousness, the fact that he is perfect and holy, and then we need to follow in his footsteps and live as a righteous life, do what is right. They'll be looking at Ephesians 6, 14 through 15, and talking about these two pieces of the armor, and they'll be learning the, the rhyming phrase, do right in God's sight. Do right in God's sight. And so in this day, we are going to be considering the word tolerance in the third day. Uh, tolerance is a word we hear a lot today, usually coming from those who are intolerant of any standard of truth except for their own, of course. When Josiah became king of the nation of Israel in 640 BC, the people had been practicing tolerance for idol worship, child killing, and all types of sexually immoral behavior for years, neglecting the truth in the book of the law that had been handed down to them. King Josiah was 26 years old when he first read the words of the Lord. After reading the scriptures, he immediately repented, realizing that he held truth in his hands and that he and hadn't been obeying it. Josiah also shared the truth of the book of the law with his people and set about making reforms. Ended up being intolerant of tolerance based on what he had read. He burned the altars of idols. He tore down the place where the children were sacrificed to false gods and ridded the temple of priests who were leading the people astray. With his newfound knowledge of truth, Josiah acted righteously, no longer tolerating the views of those opposed to the standard given in God's word. We can find all of that in 2 Kings 22 and 23. When we make tolerance our standard, we set ourselves up, we set ourselves up as gods, determining our own, determining on our own which views and practices are acceptable and which are not. And we find ourselves in a, in a whole bunch of immorality around our world. And those who tolerate one view any more than those who tolerate, or, and those who tolerate one view any more, are they any more right than those who tolerate an opposing view? Who determines which actions to tolerate and which to forbid, if any? 
With the belt of truth firmly buckled around our waist, the question then becomes, what do we do about that truth? Do we obey God's word, putting on the breastplate of righteousness? Do we share the truth of God's word with others, putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace? King Josiah did both. May the Lord use young Josiah's example to encourage the kids' hearts and our hearts in the battle for truth. On day four, which will be our Wednesday evening, uh, we're going to talk about the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. And on this day, they're going to talk about King Solomon in 1 Kings 2 through 11, and also looking at the shield and helmet from Ephesians 6. And they're going to learn that they need to take the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation in order to guard against false teachings and temptations. And so the rhyming words they'll be learning are win against sin. And so again, this idea of battle for the truth will come out. And in, in this time, there will be this understanding that we're going to uh, hit attack head-on this idea that truth is relative. Uh, that's what the world says. It says the truth is relative. No one can be absolutely sure of anything is what we're told. When we get involved with people on a personal level, as we should, experiences and emotions can cause us to lose sight of the absolute standard as we begin to rationalize and reason away the standard that God has given us. In other words, they're so nice, can I really say that what they're doing is wrong? Maybe it's okay for them, just not for me. When David passed his kingdom on to his son Solomon around 1000 BC, he reminded him of the command that the Lord had given to walk before me in faithfulness with all your heart and with all your soul. 1 Kings 2.4 Soon after, when the Lord promised to give Solomon whatever he'd asked for, Solomon asked for wisdom, the ability to think clearly about truth. And the Lord granted his request, as evidenced by the thousands of proverbs and songs that Solomon wrote, and the judgments he rendered. Solomon also knew the truth about God's tangible creation, birds, creeping things, fish, and trees, 1 Kings 4, 30-34. But somewhere along the way, Solomon began to allow his affections and attachments to the women in his life to blur the lines between right and wrong, between truth and error. Can you hear him begin to rationalize behavior? Sure, I know you don't want me to marry foreign women, Lord, but I can handle it. The command is for others, not for me. Sadly, he allowed himself to be influenced by his wives. He built altars for their false gods and eventually joined them in worshiping at the feet of idols. The helmet of salvation guards our minds and the way that we think. While the shield of faith helps us deflect temptations, Solomon neglected both of these vital pieces of armor. Solomon, the one who wrote, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment, in Proverbs twelve nineteen, denied the absolute truth and turned away from the one who is truth. And so we must never be satisfied with our current knowledge of the Christian faith, but instead we need to be continually studying God's word so that when the devil lobs his lies in our direction, we can easily deflect them with the shield of faith. And with the helmet of salvation firmly in place, we can guard what we put in our minds. Things we watch on TV, things we read in books, things we hear from our friends, things we learn from our teachers, all should be evaluated against the standard of truth found in the Bible before we allow ourselves to meditate on it and allow it to sink into our souls. So may we all take refuge in the truth of the Lord and in his word, as the psalmist said, but as you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true, in Psalm 119, 151. We will finish on Thursday night with a closing ceremony. We won't run around and have all the games and the crafts and uh, all the stuff that we would have throughout the rest of the week. Uh, I'll be back up here and I'll be kind of doing what I'm doing now just on the other end. So this is like, hey, this is what we're going to learn. On Thursday night it will be, hey, this is what we've learned. 
And on day five, we're going to give a whole overview of all the things we've learned for the first four days. But then we're also going to close by talking about the sword and the and prayer. The sword that is the word of God and prayer that must accompany our armor. And we will talk about Jesus being the king of kings as we talk about kings. And then we'll learn that the kids need to take the sword in the spirit and pray. Sword of the spirit and pray. They need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in them. And again, as we try to get them to think things through in a rhyming way, we'll talk about how they need to train their brain. That'll be the understanding. So as we think about the sword and prayer, another lie that we're going to look at today is the lie that says truth is what you make it. But what if I say that that's a false statement? Am I making truth or are you? You see that the absurdity reigns when we allow truth to be set aside in favor of opinion. And so we're going to talk about that. Satan knows there's an absolute standard of truth, but he delights in obscuring, changing, and denying it. He is the author of the false truth that claims that we've visited, uh, all the false truth claims that we've looked at throughout today. And he loves it when Christians, the ones who hold truth in their hands every time they pick up a Bible, fall for his lies as well. He has even been so bold as to lie to the king of kings, the one who banned him from heaven in the first place for his original lies. When he tempted Jesus himself, he lied in three ways. If we remember the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. First of all, he denied the truth that Jesus is God. Second of all, he wrongly quoted scripture to serve his own purposes. And finally, he lied about the power and authority that he himself had. How many times have we fallen for one of these lies, doubting God, believing someone who twists the patches of scripture to mean something other than it does, or craving the things of the world more than we crave Jesus? When Satan tempted the king of kings in the wilderness, Jesus responded with the truth. Even though he was bone-weary, famished, and thirsty, he didn't stoop to Satan's level by falling for any of his lies. Instead, he rebuked and rebuffed the enemy by simply drawing the sword of the spirit and quoting scripture that he had already memorized and meditated on. Scripture that was readily available in his mind for him to speak. Scripture that he himself, in fact, had written. In this battle between truth and error, we may we continually hunger to know the truth of God's word and desire to seek his face in prayer. We know at the end of the story, God wins the war and Satan will be forever sentenced to an eternity in a fiery hell. But how are we fighting the battles in the meantime? How accurately can you handle the sword of the spirit? How well does it fit in our hands? How comfortable are we using it to defeat the enemy? And how intimately familiar are we with the word of God? May we all stand strong in this battle for truth and say, For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Proverbs 8, 7. So those are some devotional thoughts as we've gone day one through day five, looking at the armor of God. Again, it's broken down in Ephesians chapter 6. There's one thing I want to add that doesn't necessarily come out of the curriculum. This is something I just wanted to throw in as we think about the armor of God. Many times as we talk about the armor of God, and even with the kids this week, we're going to make sure that we don't go too far into the the trap of simply talking about the armor of God as if that the belt of truth is just about not lying, or that the breastplate of righteousness is about being a good person, or the shoes of the gospel of peace is just simply about sharing the gospel, or that the shield of faith is not simply just about how much you believe in God, or that the helmet of salvation isn't just about how how you are saved from hell, but there's so much more to it, that the sword of the Lord, is, that the sword of the Spirit is, is God's word, but God's word is more than what we think, and that prayer is so important because we need to have direct access to the armor itself, 
which is where I want to take us over to Romans chapter 13. So if you have your scripture, if you have your Bibles in hand or some way to look this up, Romans chapter 13, we're going to finish with this. Romans 13, I love this passage. It was a while ago that I came across this and it really reformed my thought of how we think about the armor of God. Because these aren't just external things that we put on and that we can just take off, put on whenever we want. There is so much, there's a deeper meaning to what we're talking about when we talk about the armor of God. In Romans chapter 13, we're going to be starting in verse 11. uh, And I want us to really think about what Paul is writing. Remember, Paul wrote Ephesians. He wrote about the armor of God. He wrote about the battle that we're in. He wrote about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. He wrote about all of those pieces of the armor. But we should not take all those pieces as separate little pieces that we can put on and take off at will. Instead, there is something greater and more important and honestly more secure than even that. And so let's look at Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11. It says this, Besides you, besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. In other words, Jesus is coming back. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And let us walk properly in the, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or in sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We don't have time this morning, or I didn't have time at least to prepare all of the verses that we could go with this. But as you look through scripture, you will see very clearly that if we are to put on the armor of light, we are putting on the light of the world. If we were to put on the armor of light, we are, we are really putting on Jesus. Jesus is the one that covers us. That's the understanding. If we want to stand in this world, in the world that is just lobbing lies at us, Satan who is lobbing lies at us, everywhere we turn around, we're, we're faced with a new lie that we have to say, what is the truth? How do I stand in the truth? What is the armor that I need so that I can stand up, stand firm in the midst of all of these darts? Well, it's not about what we can do to add to our character. It's about just putting ourselves in the arms of Jesus, letting Jesus cover us, letting Jesus be the one that lives through us. That is the goal here. We're told here in this passage in Romans 13 that as we fight the darkness and as we look to the armor of light, then later on, what does he say? He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Know that he is your savior and know that he is covering you. And trust in him that he is covering you. In fact, if you think about all the pieces of, of the of the armor, we already talked about a few of these things, but the belt of truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The breastplate of righteousness, we are told over and over again through scripture that Christ is our righteousness. The gospel of the shoes of peace, Christ is our peace. The shield of faith, he is the object, yes, of faith. He is the giver of faith. He is He is faith for us. And the helmet of salvation, obviously, there is no salvation in any other than through Jesus Christ. And so we understand that Jesus himself, uh, the sword of the spirit, he is the word of God. That's one of his titles. And so we understand even today, even this week, as we look at the armor of God, what we won't, what we don't want to miss. We're not just going to be teaching the kids to make sure that you don't lie, that you do right. That you, that you make sure you're telling people the gospel, that you believe in God, and that you actually, you know, and that you, uh, know that you're saved. All those things will come out. That's part of it. But even greater and bigger than that, what we're gonna be teaching the kids, and what I want us all to understand today is this. 
that the only way that we stand up for truth, the only way that we win the victory in the midst of this battle is by putting on the one who is already the victor. We just sang about that. Jesus is already the victor. And so we become, we become part of his kingdom. He's already won the victory. And we allow him to cover us with his love, with his grace. And we follow him. And as we do that, that's how we will defend ourselves in this world of lies. And so that's what I want us to think about as we have this time to just reflect upon truth and the armor of God and the fact that we are in a battle, but it's already been won. And that's the truth that we can cling to as believers. So I'm going to close in prayer as I do. I believe we have one more song we're going to sing. Um, and then we'll get right into announcements that will lead into ABF and we'll continue on from there. But let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you for the truth that you have given us in your word. The armor of God indeed is is yourself. That you've given yourself to us, that you've covered us with your blood, with your love, with your mercy, with your grace. That in the midst of the battle that we are facing, we can just trust in you and lean into you and knowing that you have already won the battle, that we can know that we are in the kingdom of your son. And we thank you for that understanding this morning. And I pray that as we go into VBS this week, that you would allow the truth of your word to reach into the hearts of the kids that are here. And Lord, I would even pray ahead on Thursday that you would also reach that same truth into the hearts of the parents who will be here that so desperately need to hear what truth is in the midst of a world of lies and that they would commit themselves to the truth of who you are that they would come to know truth, and that is that they would come to know Jesus for themselves. And so I pray for that this week. God, would you help us even now, as we're able to worship you one more time, just to remember all the good truth that you have given us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.